0: Welcome to another episode of Chipping Away, where your host Sakash Durga will take you on journeys of South Asia, its history, archaeology, anthropology, you name it, we talk about it. And today, we are going to, well, eat?
1: Indeed, we are on a wonderful journey looking at a topic and theme that's very close to my heart and stomach, the life and times of the humble potato. Potatoes are one of many kinds of tubers or underground storage organs.
0: Oh, let me interrupt. Doesn't our story begin millions and millions of years ago?
1: It does. I mean, it's so old, you were not even humans. And even the potato was not a potato. So at this point of time, tubers or underground storage organs, which are these starchy, fleshy parts of plants that were growing underground, served as an important food source for the evolving human. When there was a lack of food available in the environment, be it because of drought or lack of animal resources or plant resources, these ancient human ancestors used to dig up and access these roots and that helped to sustain them. These hardy plant elements contain a vast vital source of nutrients that were important in our journey to becoming human. Because in times of need, when there was not enough food available or when you are still at the bottom rung of the food chain, access to vital nutrients is important. And one means to access them was through these starchy organs that were at the base of plants and roots. So by just simply digging up these roots, you could also access the food and sometimes they are moist. So in dry landscapes, you could also squeeze them to get some drinking water out of it.
0: Alright. I remember vividly a scene from a movie where some of the people in Africa dig up tubers sort of shave some of them and press those skins to extract moisture and then to satiate their thirst. Hmm, interesting.
1: Exactly, the gods were indeed crazy.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. It is interesting to see how you put potatoes and humans together on the evolutionary time frame.
1: Well, that is true. And as diverse and varied as people are today, so are tubers for example yams and tapioca that we are probably familiar with in south asia or the more exotic ube that is from southeast asia which is this wonderfully delightful purple sweet tuber Uh, it is definitely ubiquitous (laughs) beyond this the versatility of tubers and potatoes which is a kind of tuber is legendary i mean you can mash them you can smash them you can boil them you can fry them you can shave them. Hey, you can even distill them and make them into vodka.
0: Mm -hmm. Or use the peel on your face to brighten up your skin.
1: That turned sour quickly.
0: (laughs) I'm just giving you multitude of uses for tubers, from consumption, drinking, to face lightening and beauty care. Speaking
1: of sour, it is the sour taste that the ancestors of the modern day potato were known for. So These ancient potatoes were heavy with toxins and in order to eat them, people had to slowly detoxify them through the process of domestication. And the domestication of potatoes happened about 8000 years ago in what could be the country of Peru and generally the region of the Andes in South America. So when European conquerors reached South America and they found this marvel of a creation, for lack of a better word, they bought it with them and spread it to the rest of the world. Christopher Columbus, who famously discovered the new world, brought back with him the first potatoes. So the first potato to reach Europe landed in what is present-day Barcelona. So when he presented the king and queen and the nobles these potatoes, nobody knew what they were. Some people thought they were unfinished rocks that were still soft and mushy. And considering some of them were still toxinous, nobody knew what they did. And they just lay there for a long time until people figured out how to eat them.
0: And then comes our story of potatoes travel to South Asia. So with the Portuguese coming to the western coast of India, they brought with them potatoes, what they called as batata. And the Indic languages that came in contact with the Portuguese adopted the same word for potato, that is batata. So today, the relic form of the word remains in Marathi and kokni while other languages in South Asia have different names for potato, like aloo. And I wonder if we can talk about potato in terms of connecting various communities, not through just the cuisine or culinary practices, but also in a way that we can trace the introduction of potato to various geographical areas and trace the pathways or communities in diaspora that went from one area to the other. So instead of tracing human migrations, if we just trace the travel of potato.
1: That's true. And even our way of consuming and eating potatoes changed through time. So for example, by the 1660s, people figured out, okay, maybe we can eat these stuff. So they started boiling them and frying them in butter.
0: Oh, and do you remember what Andre shared with us in the last season about a quintessentially international breakfast? The vada pav. So, with the Portuguese came in the potato, the bread, chili, and groundnut from various parts of the world. And put together, it became vada pav, the quintessential roadside snack in Western India today.
1: And speaking about street food, another very common street food is that of the French fry. So, these French fries were actually Belgian. They were probably invented somewhere around the 1680s in Belgium. And there is a story that in Belgium, they used to chop them up and deep fry them. And what could be considered the modern day French fries. By 1780s, they had become street food in Paris. Also, in the 1859 book, Tale of Two Cities, Charles Dickens talks about fried potatoes, which could be French fries.
0: But what is the connection of French fries in Belgium? Are French fries not French?
1: Oh no, they're not at all. So originally, as we said, in the 1680s, the Belgians invented what could be considered French fries. But American soldiers returning from Europe to America took these fries back with them. And because the Belgians spoke French, well, they called them French fries.
0: Oh no, I always thought French fries have some quintessential French cuisine or French culinary tradition attached to it.
1: Well, they're as French as the Belgians are. Well, at the end of the day, the only difference between the French and the Belgians is that they're a little Flemish.
0: <laughs> I I don't have a comeback for this. This is too good.
1: <laughs> so in 1853, a restaurant here in New York City called George Crumb had a demanding customer. This customer who had ordered these fries was not happy with them. He found them too thick. So he wanted them thin and crispy. After returning multiple orders back to the chef, in a fit of rage, George Crumb supposedly made very thin wafer-like crisps, which we call potato chips, which the supposedly demanding customer loved. And that is how we got potato chips. But that is not the whole story. The origin of these potato chips is much older. So in 1817, there is a cookbook in England, called the cook's oracle by the chef William Kitchener. So he talks about a recipe wherein thin wafer like chips can be quickly fried in butter or lard to make nice crispy treats. So these were called probably crisps and maybe this is the origin of the potato chips.
0: They are just french fries and chips but we don't know how far back our consumption of potatoes and tubers really goes. Because in prehistoric records or even historical site surveys, we have found definite indicators of consumption of potatoes and other tubers. But we don't know for sure in which form or shape they were consumed. Were they fries? Were they chips? Were they just eaten after boiling or were they just consumed as they were found in ground? Who knows? There's more research to be done in consumption practices of ancient humans.
1: Whatever the ways and means we consume potatoes, at the end of the day, be it as fries, be it as chips, be it as vodka, be it as damalu, be it as alutiki, at the end of the day, the true essence of it, oil boils down into this wonderful, magnificent being that is the potato. So, I would like to ask you a very important question Would you like some fries with that?
0: We'll meet soon and until then, keep chipping away. Bye-bye. Chipping Away is available on all major streaming websites such as Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and so on. So go ahead, subscribe wherever you feel comfortable or you can just log in to Buzzsprout and check out Chipping Away. We have a new episode coming up every fortnight that is after every 15 days, so twice a month. Each episode comes with a new theme. New points for discussion and something for us to take back and ponder on. So, join us in our journey of understanding our collective past better and to question the existing and new theories and models that we encounter every so often. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chippinawayind and drop us a line about your comments, inputs and what you would like to hear from us at chippinawayind at gmail.com. In this current environment of chaos, uncertainty, and a lot of tension that surrounds us with the pandemic, impending lockdown, and other restrictions, let Chipinaway be your little moment of recluse from the world around you. Help us make this little movement a little more better by reading the blog posts, that go with our podcasts, and other discussions online and offline. For the blogs, you can check out www.kalmyt.com. That is K-A-L-E-M-I-G-H-T-Y dot We have all the links in the description for our podcast, and you can check it out online on Google, Spotify, and other major streaming sites. So, see you again in a matter of 15 days with a new topic, a new theme and something new to pick your brain with. Till then, keep chipping away, stay safe and take care. Bye bye.